This week's episode of Dragon Tales is brought to you by Red Door Yamcha. And to talk about how great it is, is the king of dumplings himself, Baz. Why do we love Red Door Yamcha? Yeah, a few times dinner. We've got a dinner date with uh, Rick and Ross that we go once a month. And we've had it, had it there a few times. It's pretty nice there. And good sponsor of the club. Sticking by us through COVID as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get down there and support them on the 28th for the few of the boys and a few of the partners as well, which would be good. And... Yeah, let's have a nice dinner and enjoy the night. Have a few beverages as well, probably hopefully after a good win on the Saturday. So that's after around 3 to 28th of November. Any other important details I need to know, Baz? Just contact myself or Roscoe and uh, we'll organise it. So it's $50 a head, $5 beers. Uh, you can be where wine and champagne. Um, we pretty much have the restaurant from our set for ourselves from 8.30, even the laneway as well. And we've got it pretty much the rest of the night. So... Um, be good to get you know 30 odd people down there uh, i've already got a few people booked but yeah contact us because you need to pre-book obviously with covid rules so hopefully yeah have a good night and support our sponsor because i think it's important we start supporting our sponsors especially now during covid now around the other side you know we want them to keep supporting us and but we're in turn we need to support them so i think that's uh, pretty important and of course they're not just open on saturdays they're open all days every day of the week so if you can't be bothered uh cooking after training head on down Red Door Yamcha on Chapel Street. Can't miss it. Yeah. Great feed. It is very good. All right. So the theme for this week, Baz, we're going to go into some rapid match recaps of all the grades that played on the weekend. Then you are this week's nominated person to pick a moment of the week. We, are, <laughs> we will throw it out to the audience in the future like we did for the voting. And of course, talking about voting, we'll have our player of the week, which we will decide from the shortlist of candidates who won the people's vote. Then from that, we will decide who is the player of the week. So first off, rapid match recaps. Basically, every team except for the threes won in inverted commas, and we'll get to that in due course. But with the juniors, uh, we had under 15s A and B go to get victories. Uh, under 15s A defeated Carnegie, uh, four for 117, defeated four for 101. Um, there's no uh, highlighted players in that uh, performance, but have you heard anything about that performance from the under-15 No, I don't. I haven't, heard, I haven't actually heard much from... I know that they both won, but I haven't heard any... Uh, I know Van, was it Van Roy or Van Ruin or something like that. He made 48, I'm pretty sure Tommy said, but the boys have been a bit quiet, the coaches. Generally, they're talking up the boys, so they got to pump it up. I get stuck, got stuck in the Grinners last year about this, and it's up to now Tommy and Kurt, I think, the under-15s, to start... Uh, Pumping up a few tyres and letting us know about it for the podcast. The under 17s had a buy as well, and Pado and Jimmy looking after them this year, so that's going to be quite an interesting duo. Yeah, it's probably the four quietest blokes in terms of communication. So, <laughs> uh, in terms of the podcast, we might struggle to fill in the uh, match recaps there. I but... might have to start going down to the juniors on a Sunday morning, which is planned. I'm planning to do anyway, rock up once a month to all the junior games on a Sunday. As captain, the clothing is important, so hopefully uh, I can catch something down there and we'll catch. Some news while I'm down there, not something I don't want Yeah, don't catch no COVID. You don't want to catch any COVID. The yeah, under-11s, mate, they played. Oh, yeah, it's true. So uh, they lost by six runs. Uh, three for 85, Murrumbina. Uh, Brighton District of four for 79. Is that Grinners again this year? Um, I, I believe so. Um, look, no scores again. And um, actually, no, I think the under-11s is um, Boinka. So Boinka, shout out. Get the scores in, please, so we can talk the boys up. Everyone wants to get their name in the paper. Speaking of names in the paper, uh, the women's in the twos played, ones at a bye, and they had a very comfortable win. Uh, they bowled uh, Tukaruk out seven for 51 and chased it down two down. 
Uh, Esbaba, 29, not out. And uh, P. Sherlock, 4 for 11. Some tidy figures there from the girls. Bar- Barbara played footy with Barbara's dad. Oh, yes. Good, good family. She also took one wicket, I think, as well. So good to see her back playing cricket. I think she had a couple of years off, off, off memory. So good to see her back at the club playing cricket, young girl as well. So good start, I reckon. Good runs and took a wicket. So welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, good to see the girls sandbagging at the start of the year too. A very stacked side there, just just steamrolling a team. Well, they had, the Bulls had a buy, so... Yeah, fair enough. Why not? And you want to play cricket? To come out of COVID, why not? We've done it a few times yeah. in the three We don't mind sandbagging. <laughs> no. We don't mind sandbagging. That's do fine. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Uh, unfortunately, that tactic didn't work in the uh, threes. They went down to Murrumbina. So Murrumbina, 136, was defeated by Brian Distig, 111. Uh, in terms of the bowling performances, very strong bowling attacks here. Obviously, some got away, but uh, Steve Ralph took three for 25. Sully, captain of the uh, Sandbaggers, two for none. So uh, he is turning himself into a legitimate bowler now. Himself to the cap- he's the captain of the fifths this year. Yeah. So he goes from the threes to the fifths after this performance. Yeah, so a few more two for nones, I reckon. Uh, he'll Towards bowl, the talent. He'll bowl himself out every week and claim four or five wickets and talk himself up like he did today. But just on that, they, they, had, they were uh, two for 80. Marambina, all at mm. one, uh, 136. So good comeback with the Ralphs, Sachs, and uh, Saul just cleaning up the the tail there and getting getting the ball out for 136. And then the scorecard was almost the opposite for Brighton District. They were four for 17. And they had, uh, a few big partnerships and they got to 111 with the skipper uh, top scoring and see Ralph top scoring as well. So but notice Saul didn't make any runs in the three. So um, pushed himself further down the order. I wonder where he'll bat in the fifth this week. 11. 11. 11. He's a bowler, mate. He's a bowler. He's a legitimate bowler now. And that's what he wants to be. Want to be his whole life. Now he's committing to the cause. Uh, committing to the cause, the twos. They didn't win the uh, premiership last year. They would be premiership favourites now if I was an odds maker. Oh, wow. Oh, big call. Hope, big call. Big win. I hope uh, Aspinall aren't listening to this uh, podcast this week. The twos, though. Yeah, twos are playing Aspinall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the twos aren't talking themselves up. That's no. the, that's, that's the uh, advantage I have here. Like, okay. I have to talk down the teams I'm going to be selected in, and I will talk up the other teams to oh, make right, it feel sorry, good. Right, so yeah. that's how we roll. But eight for 166, bowling, uh, batting first. Uh, Lockie Campbell did what Lockie Campbell does and hit big bombs, apparently, as, uh, as reported by uh, award-winning journalist Jack Bannister. So that's uh, 45. <laughs> uh, smiles. Old Jimmy Hamilton got a solid 29. And uh, everyone else kind of chipped in around that for the 166. And then bowling-wise, that was super tight. So uh, Ed Kerwin, two for nine, apparently was bowling absolute gas. Matty Coots wasn't bowling gas, apparently was bowling nice spots, uh, two for 14. Um, same there with uh, Brando, very tidy as well. And uh, on debut, Danal Image, three for 27, and of five. And a run, and a run out. Yeah, 14-year-old. 14-year-old on debut in the twos, no pressure, the Iceman. Yep. And uh, we'll jump to Shark here, but he is the bowling performance of the week. Yeah, I know. He's, he's knocked me off. Good on him. But uh, we'll get to that well done. in and due course. Let's say Jake, another 14-year-old playing in the threes. We've got to that open the batting. And I think he, they were four for 17, and I think he was the fifth wicket. So he hung around while they were in trouble. So it's good that we've got some young kids coming through playing uh, good good level of cricket as well. And good to see Scott Gordon play his first game for the club. He got 20-odd. And I'd be if I don't mention this, he might not talk to me for another week or two. But apparently, Swaggy. Now, Swaggy Swag is back. Oh, yes. Everyone loves the Swaggy Swag. He's, he's been in the gym. Mm-hmm. He's put on some pipes. And uh, apparently hit a massive six that would have been a six at the MCG, he was saying. Yeah. 
Uh, or apparently others, square or long bounders. Like, oh, it would have been square. Yeah. Because he only hits square. He yeah. sweep or pull shots. You know, show he's got. And uh, yeah, Julie talked it up at training on Tuesday night. But did, what didn't train tonight, I think the heat might have been too hot for Swaggy. But it's good to see the Swag's back. He's bowling well, batting well. I think he's in for a big season, the old Swag Master. That's what we like to see. Face the training on Tuesday night, he rated it, he was signing autographs at training. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good to see the swag back. Yeah. The swag smiles combination were really good. Actually, the swag smile Ed combination will be sold for the, for, for the two. So, yeah. we look forward to hearing more stories of that and more relayed stories. God, so, we can't get down there most of the time. Yeah. So, uh, it'll be good to hear what actually happened versus the story we get told. And swag smiles, obviously, coaching on the 17s. So, the boys on the 17s in for a, for a great year with those two. Good personalities. Lots of lots of chat and banter between them. Lots of talking. Yeah, and hopefully a uh, heap of swag from the uh, under seventeens as well. We want to see more confident youngsters coming through the ranks. <laughs> and then uh, finally, the ones uh, we played Mentone, and therefore it ended in a tie because that's what we do apparently. Uh, we batted first four for one hundred and forty nine, uh, and Paul Lasky seventy seven. His brother Andrew Lasky thirty one, and then uh, we had some uh, bits and bob pieces around that. They did the awkward thing, though, those two brothers, of getting out very late in the innings. So it's uh, always annoying if you bat lower order and the set batsman gets themselves out towards the end. Did Boyd bat through? No, nah, Boyd got out of about three or two or three balls remaining. Oh, okay. I, I thought he batted through. Much to the chagrin of uh, all of the bowlers. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> 77 is a very good knock. And then in return, uh, Mentone were eight down when they tied us in the final over. Technically nine. Cause... Technically nine down because uh, someone busted their finger. And bowling-wise, you find self, three of 25. Great way to start from the front. Tommy Williamson bowled absolute wheels and spots, uh, two of 23. And Paul Gould, the Iceman. The Iceman. You handed in the ball in the last over. It was an eventful last over. When the first ball went for a wide, I think you were doing a little bit of swearing into your elbow. Well, and then the next next two balls were wicked. So I was only swearing because the umpire changed his mind. Yeah, true. I've never seen... This could be our Red Door Yamcha moment of the week. Had it, so have you, I've never seen this before. An umpire make a decision, a batsman complain. He walks to the square leg umpire... After a three to five minute conversation or conversation, walks back and changed his mind. I'm complaining every single week about every decision that's made in the hope now that the umpire changes his mind. Mm. It's a joke. I mean, I reckon the draw was a fair result. It might not have had an impact, who knows? But like that, just like he gave two caught behinds not out. He didn't call a wide early in the day as well. Like, so why doesn't he go back and change? Like, it just it baffled me. The umpires had a stinker that, that on on Saturday. Um, you know, everyone makes mistakes first game of the year or COVID stuff I know but they had an absolute mare they, you know the fact they wanted us to go back out after 20 minutes of the game finished as well because uh, there's a, there a ball short in the scorebook but luckily common sense prevailed common sense isn't that common but between myself and uh, Heaven and we all thought it was a draw so we said what we're not going back out there and we just uh, called it a draw so um, I think it was a bit disappointing so I think was probably one we could have got away for us. Uh, our batting was good for probably 35 to 30 overs. I think it probably we got off to a real solid start, but probably didn't push early enough. And with our bowling, like we, had, we were pretty good for most of the day, but just certain periods. And our fielding was unbelievable all day. I think I, I had a stinker, I dropped the catch, but that was about it. So, um, all in all, pretty a lot of positives, a few little negatives, but you got to have a negative to learn from mm-hmm. and lots of positives to move forward. So, hopefully. 
we can improve on those things going forward against Aspendale. You know, I'll back Hayden in 100% the bowl better than we did on the weekend. Um, you know, we picked Kuda this week because we've got an out with Jordan McKenzie away. So we've got an extra bowler and someone else who can field and uh, hold a stick at the end of the innings as well. So uh, I think, yeah, it's all positive at the moment. Now, we won't have the Red Door Yum Cha moment of the week as a negative. Can you think of it as a positive as the first uh, in-season episode? We'll throw it to you. As I said, next week we'll throw it to the audience during the week in the socials. But uh, give us your, your moment of the week, will you? I think it's just good at the round of the club. Our training's been good, good numbers. Uh, good good to see, like I said, two 14-year-olds playing in their top three sides and performing. Good to see new blokes down at the club and Scott Gordon and, and blokes playing their first game in the ones, Jordan McKenzie. Lots of positives at the club at the moment, which is good to see. Social media's been unreal. Um, communication's been good. Everything, everything at the moment at the club is positive and that just, that just makes me happy within the week. Um, and, and then also to go on top of that, the fact that I took two wickets and two balls, got Cormie and Heffern out, probably the two best bats for Mentone. And I reckon Cormie's probably, one, probably up there with the best bats in the comp at the moment. So I'm pretty happy with that as well. Now, after, after calling my bunny. I was to say, that would, that would be my moment of the week. Those two balls combined, A, because you literally, as you walked out, confirmed to everyone around you. You were prodded and prompted to say it, but we did ask, is Cormie your bunny this year? You said, of course he is. Loud enough that he would hear it. Promptly, he goes out playing a terrible shot. Yeah. Because he just didn't rate you. Yeah, well, that's fair And enough. that's, you know, whatever. That happens. And then the next ball, are you going to describe this as your undercutter or was it just a dandy special? Oh, I think if you've, you've seen me bowl enough over the years, I, gen- I generally, generally get a few that slide through with the lower arm action. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you've got to come forward. Yeah, I can slide a few under the bat. I've got a few bowls like that before. Yeah. Is it the Dendy wicket? Nah, a couple kept low, but... Not that many, though. But, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm taking you it. You still put it on the stumps. That's all yeah. you got to do yeah. sometimes. Bowl fast, bowl full, bowl straight, yep. take poles. And I will say that your COVID off-season training has paid off because you are plyometric, my friend. As that second stump fell, you were in the air and then you proceeded to take off and do a nice little fart-like session around the infield. Given some uh, finger twirls, some high fives, or some COVID safe air fives, and uh, some elbow taps. It was good to it see. Was, um, it was Dwayne Bravo S. It was a bit embarrassing looking back on it, but I was just up and about, you know, skipper, take two and two. We were on the back foot. There was six or well, six overs, and I'm done for 30 odd. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's always good when something goes your way, I suppose. Yeah, and that was our red door yumcha moment of the week. And on to our player of the week. Everything this week's sponsored by Red Door Yumcha. Get on down there. 28th of November. So Paul Askey won the People's Choice for the batting performance. It was between him, 77 off 111 versus Lockie Campbell, 45 and 7 boundaries. Uh, he won that fairly convincingly, 77% to 23%. And the uh, bowling nominee, uh, Baz, 325 off 8 versus uh, Danal, 3 for 27 off 5 on debut in the twos with a run out. And Danal wins that, 43% Baz. 57% Danal. So between Danal and Dabu and Paul Lasky in probably, what, his 290th game? Times that, well, about five, I reckon. He's, yeah. he's, about, he's, he's in, into his third year of his nine-year contract of uh, keeper batsman. So yeah. uh, who is your player of the week, Pats? Paul, well done. But I think that's expected from Paul. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's his baseline now. Uh, if he has a 300-run season for us, that's huge. So that's good from him. Yeah, Danal, 14-year-old, on to in the twos. Um, first turf game, I think, for us at the club. Unreal. Hopefully, 
he keeps improving. He keeps. Get, I know he's got a lot of cricket on. With he plays a lot of rep cricket and plays, you know, our Sunday on the fifteen side as well. So, thankfully, there's no APS school uh, school cricket at the moment. So hopefully, he plays a few more games with us. And yeah, just keeps improving. And who knows what might hold for him in the future. And the same with Jake as well. So there's a few other boys hopefully playing now as well. So it's good, good, good signs for the club. There's actually juniors coming through that are talented. And if they go and play higher, like Cal Alvins or something like that, that's good. We want to support them and hope, hope they go and play for Australia one day. But hopefully they come back as well when they're finished and um, yeah, re- reward the club for what they've done for their junior career. All right, that brings us to the end of our second episode of Dragon Tales for the week. It's brought to you by Red Door Yum Child, 28th of November, 7pm after the round three game. Get on down, but before you get on down due to COVID, make sure you contact Baz or Roscoe to let you know that we can book in some seats for you. The laneway, Chapel Street, paint the town red. You know the drill. Um, but do it responsibly and do it in a COVID-safe, normal fashion. Hopefully, Dan, uh, on Sunday opens up a bit and we could have a few more people. We might be able to go hit a few nightclubs or bars on Chapel yeah. Street. That would be unreal. That would be a weird, weird uh, second place, I reckon. Yeah, First six. club function, free on the town after nine months of lockdown. Yep. Yeah. That would be a very special Dragon Tales the week after that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be up and about, don't worry. <laughs> dragon Tales, Dragon Tales, it's almost time for Dragon Tales. Come along, take my hand, let's all go to Dragon